All right, Gamecock fans, welcome to episode 66 of Cox by 90. I am your host, show me your TDs. We are officially one week and one day away from kicking off that beautiful brown football in Williams-Brice Stadium, and I couldn't be more excited to be in front of the microphone talking to you all on what would be a beautiful Friday morning for most. Thank you again for tuning in. I just can't hold back the excitement that I have right now. Earlier this week, unfortunately and fortunately, the lights and the sandstorm mix were released on Twitter and other social media platforms, and it got me so fired up. To know the investments we made with the lights, the new sound system, the ribbon boards, and to have all that on opening game night in williams Bryce Stadium next Saturday, can barely close my eyes at night. I hope you all plan to be there because it's sure enough going to be a hot, hot time. Just like our recruiting right now. Our recruiting is hot, hot, hot right now. Last episode, I told you all as I was recording it, I expected Xavier McLeod to commit to the Gamecocks. He did. And we also picked up another four-star defensive lineman in Xavier Hardy. That means we've added two more four-stars to the fold, both top 200 guys, both with high upside, big frames, raw athletic monsters in the trenches, and Jimmy Lindsey and the team over on the defensive side of the football is absolutely recruiting like a juggernaut right now. And I do not expect the momentum to stop. From conversations I've had, I expect Desmond Umizulu. I can't really pronounce his last name. I don't want to mess it up. So sometimes it seems better to give a little cartoon-esque type. But just know, Desmond U, Cash, Des, four-star edge, 6-6 frame, Roughly 240 pounds. We need to add a little bit to that. We'll be announcing his commitment next Monday. And it's down to us, North Carolina and Ohio State. This guy's from the all-important DMV area, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. He's from Maryland and would be an absolute major get for Sterling Lucas, new hire coach that coaches our edge guys this coming Monday. I have a really, 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 really good feeling he'll be a Gamecock. And if that does unfold how it should, you cannot deny the momentum and the heat and the culture and the climate that Shane Beamer and this staff are currently building right now. Looking at the recruiting rankings, we're 17th overall in the nation and we're ranked 7th in the SEC based on on three's current team recruiting rankings. Now, to get a little bit even more in-depth regarding those recruiting rankings as it relates to the Gamecocks, 21% of this current class, which is 19 commitments, 
Hail from the state of South Carolina. It has always been a great blueprint to make sure you're keeping your best prospects home. One-fifth of this class is from South Carolina. That is a great ratio in my opinion. Typically, you're signing 25-man classes, which means ultimately that five, and in sometimes cases six, would be a part of the class from South Carolina. I like that ratio and how that lays out for the building blocks in the future. All this from on three. I love my team over at Gamecock Central. The average distance away for each recruit as it relates to their hometown to Columbia, South Carolina, is roughly 300 miles. So you would say that 60 miles is an hour. These are all within a five-hour radius. A five-hour radius means that you can drive to and from on game day, and it's definitely a comfortable enough drive to make a family feel like if they were to commit to the Gamecocks inside that five-hour driving window that they could come see their child play any given Saturday and visit anytime. Average NIL value. NIL is important. I'll talk a little bit more about that next. But $24,000 is the average NIL value for these 19 prospects combined and averaged out. It's a good chunk of change for people that just a year ago weren't able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And finally, the all-important stat, the blue chips. What was that, CB90? The blue chips. How many blue chip prospects are in this class? Blue chips would mean four stars or higher. Those individuals, while recruiting rankings don't necessarily be the end-all in regards to how you're going to perform on the field, having the amount of blue chip prospects gives you a less likelier chance that you're going to miss on a prospect. Out of the 19 currently committed Gamecocks, we have 47% blue chip prospects. And with Dez potentially committing on Monday, that would give us 10 for 20 with four stars or higher and have 50% of this class at the blue chip mark. I think that's extremely important. I think 50% is where we should always be at, 50% or higher as it relates to blue chips. And this is very, very important for Shane Beamer and this staff to continue and recruit at a high level. So ultimately, as we continue to get our expectations built up year after year, because we should look at this and say, hey, if we're bringing in big-time prospects, the win-loss results should ultimately continue to climb year over year. If we stack them up like we're doing in this class consecutively over the next couple years, I think Gamecock fans are in for a fun, fun, fun ride. Recruiting is hot. Stay hot. And I think it will Monday afternoon. I wanted to kick off the podcast with an especially hot announcement, and that is that I have partnered with Marshawn Lloyd and the CB90 house to create my first NIL deal with a Gamecock athlete. 
This is one of the dreams that I had when I built the CB90 house and the museum to be able to use a player's name, image, and likeness to help advertise for the house, ultimately be able to put some of their game-worn memorabilia inside the house and create opportunities for fans to connect with our athletes. I hinted at it last week, and we finalized the deal this past week, bringing in Marshawn Lloyd to be our first athlete. He's going to help do some advertising for us. Everybody who stays at the house during a South Carolina home game this fall will receive a signed mini football helmet by Marshawn. And then also, when you arrive at the house, you'll get a welcome message from Marshawn personalized to you all. I think it's an incredible opportunity to start building some creative NIL deals from fans alike myself. And ultimately, these are the foundational building blocks for a successful NIL program with the university. In meaning that when more fans understand how to work these deals and utilize our players for advertising in other areas to promote their business, we can then in turn help recruit and retain athletes, not leaving in the transfer portal to try and go get more money at another place because they're given bigger and better NIL deals or they have more opportunity. And in that opportunity, the Garnet Trust, who helped me put this deal together, is building something special. I know that there are a lot of collectives out there, but the Garnet Trust and the way that they operate and do business, and how seamless this idea I had was easy to put on paper and ink this deal helps me feel great knowing I can promote the Garnet Trust and that if you all were looking to put your dollars in a place where you know the money's going to get back to the student-athlete, that the Garnet Trust is the absolute best place to do that. So I'm continuing on that hot trend. Recruiting's hot. The CB90 house is hot. Marshawn Lloyd is back healthy. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do on the opening game as the first CB90 NIL player. Speaking of next weekend and that opening game, I want to knock out one quick event push for our happy hour next Friday. As I mentioned last week, all the RSVPs are sold out, but we are taking walk-ins. It's for every Gamecock fan that wants to come, and we're going to be doing a ton of prize giveaways. I teased a little bit of it on Twitter today, but there might be a white whale bottle of Weller that will be available to potentially win. So if you all are into bourbon, and I'm partnering with the Gamecock Bourbon Society on this happy hour Make sure you're following on Twitter to learn a little bit more about that. Events like next Friday can't be done without our sponsors. So I want to say thank you to my realtor, who's helped me with a couple real estate deals in Columbia, Russell W. Jones from Caldwell Banker Realty. Make sure you give Russell a call for your real estate needs at 803-414-5811. Or you can catch him on his email, SouthCarolinaRealtor at gmail.com. I wanted to make sure I give him a plug because he is helping sponsor our happy hour next Friday. And if you all are looking to sponsor that happy hour, please feel free to shoot me a DM, shoot me a text, shoot me a call, however you can get in touch with me. I'd love to have at least a couple more sponsors 
for that event so that way we can continue to be able to give away the awesome prizes that we've been able to do over the past couple of events that I've partnered with the Gamecock Bourbon Society. Now that we've gotten through all that, let's talk a little ball. How about let's talk a little football. We covered the offense last week, and this week I want to deep dive into the defense. The defense is ultimately what held us into winning six games last year and was our most reliable side of the ball as it related to offense and defense. Now, looking at this, similar to how we did the breakdown last week, I want to go position by position and then also give you a name to keep an eye on. Looking at our defensive line, as of today, I'd project Zach Pickens and Boogie Huntley to be our starting defensive tackles. There's some depth that we've been able to build behind them with T.J. Sanders and Nick Barrett, M.J. Webb doing a lot of good things. But ultimately, the depth we have at defensive tackle this year is a lot better than we've had in years past as it relates to big-time talent and players that ultimately can make those big-time plays and are not just guys that we have to plug in because our guys need a breather. These are guys that are coming in and I think can make a difference in the rotation. If you're looking for a guy to keep an eye on, that would be Nicholas Barrett. If you follow my podcast, you've known for a while how high I am on Nick Barrett. It's not just me, but Clayton White has also preached how important his development has been and how he also believes he'll be a household name come the end of this season. If you're making notes, I expect Nicholas Barrett to be a big-time football player and a name you hear a lot by the end of the season. As our defensive line goes, we move to our edge position. We've got Jordan Birch and Jordan Strong coming back, both guys that logged a lot of stops last year. At the beginning of last year, Strong was a guy who ultimately had a second-round grade. He was somebody that the NFL scouts were projecting to come into the draft after a big season, and it just didn't live up to his potential. We saw him show flashes, but I do expect him ultimately to take that next jump and be the guy who we can rely on, similar to J.J. Ngambare last year. The depth there is a little light. I'm not going to sugarcoat this one. We brought in Terrell Dawkins out of NC State as a transfer. He definitely put up solid numbers there. Nothing eye-popping, but was definitely a productive player for the Wolfpack. But the position is pretty thin after that. You've got Tyreek Johnson, and you also got Gilbert Edmond, or other names to keep an eye out on. The one that I think who could emerge out of all these individuals has got to be Tyreek Johnson. If you look back at the Duke Bowl last year, he was a guy that ultimately started showing some of those flashes. And when you say flashes, you're looking at players that have that big upside potential. And him being a junior in this program, I know he's battled some injuries. I think this is an opportunity for him, if Birch or Strom were to go down with an injury, to step in and make some plays. So if there's a name to keep an eye out on that edge position, it's Tyreek Johnson. Next, you look at linebackers. You, some people always grab their forehead when we're thinking about our linebacker position. But... Not so fast, my friend. This year, I think we got a pretty good spot. 
with super seniors Brad Johnson and Sherrod Green, <coughs> those guys are going to help lead the way. We also have Debo Williams, who's a transfer who came in last year from Delaware, and Mo Kaba, four-star, big-time prospect out of North Carolina, who is ultimately somebody I expect to step in and have big-time play potential this year at the linebacker position. If we're looking for a name to keep an eye out on, we were just talking about him. Mo Kaba, four-star out of North Carolina, has finally got his feet under him, and I'm here that he's ready to take that next step in his career and be one of the next great linebackers at South Carolina. So you got your super seniors in Brad Johnson and Sherrod Green, but I do expect Mo Kaba to be another guy that can get in that rotation, help create depth, and really form a nice, strong four-man linebacking core where you got our two starters and then two solid depth players behind them. As we move to the perimeter and we look at our cornerbacks, Cam Smith leads the way. He's been nominated on multiple preseason All-American teams. Even as recent as Thursday, projected as the number 14th overall pick in the latest ESPN mock draft going to the Bengals. This guy's got high upside. He was rated a four-star or a four star in some recruiting analysis coming out of high school. But I believe, and if I'm trying to remember back correctly, 247 had him as a five-star. He's always had big play potential. And so the idea that you have the cornerback position and him locked down on one side, and then you have Darius Rush, a guy who came on a lot towards the end of last year, had an outstanding Duke's Mayo Bowl game. And then you got Marcellus Dial, who played well. The cornerback position is in good hands. We do need some depth to step up behind them. We got guys like Kawan Banks and Anthony Rose and Keenan Nelson, young individuals, young four-star playmakers in high school that have to take that next step. If there's a guy I'm keeping my eye on, it has to be Anthony Rose. Four-star defensive back. He turned a ton of heads during the South Carolina summer camps on his way before he committed to the Gamecocks last fall. And he has that highlight big playmaking ability that you love to see out of your cornerbacks. And he's somebody that I don't know if his name will flash the first half of the year, but as we move towards the back half of the year and we really need guys to step up, when you got a Tennessee offense, a Clemson offense, a Florida offense that they all really like to spread it out, we're going to have to have some playmakers step up. I could see Anthony Rose being a name that we all come to know by the end of the year. Safety position is one that we have sat here and scratched our heads for many, many, many years and wondered how the play could be so awful back there over the last couple of seasons. This year, there's a couple of pieces that I think ultimately could have us not worry about that position as much as we have in years past. And it starts with Devonnie Reed. Devonnie came in from Central Michigan where he was a mid-All-American team, second honor. And I think that ultimately he has the opportunity to really take that Jalen Foster type role last year, be the heartbeat of the defense, and help coach those guys to their potential and ultimately be a playmaker that we need and a ball hawk back there. R.J. Roderick's a name we've talked about for the last four years. Is this the year that he finally steps up and really lives up to that big athletic potential that he has? Could be. Maybe not, though. 
because I've got a guy that I want you all to keep an eye on. Nick Amanawari. He is a local product out of Irmo, six foot four, two eighteen, ball hawking safety, true freshman that has really came in, turned a bunch of heads. And I think that if you are looking for a name to keep an eye out on, if you've got your notepad right here, Nick Amanawari is a guy I would absolutely keep my eyes out on this season. Last year, during his high school campaign, all he did was tackle. This guy's a tackling machine, and I believe that he ended up moving up into the rankings and being a top 300 player and a four-star coming from almost out of nowhere the season before. And I expect that potential to continue to climb with him and being a guy that by the end of his Gamecock career could have his name up there with some of the greats. I really am high on Amanda Wari. Looking at an overall recap of this defense, I believe that it possesses some high-level talent. You got guys like Cam Smith, Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch, Jordan Strawn, Darius Rush, Mo Kaba, Manawari, Devonnie Reed, all have big-time play potential. But as with every team, it's all about staying healthy, especially in year two under Shane Beamer. We haven't built that extreme depth that you love across every position on the defense. We have big-time players who have big-time playmaker ability, but the idea is that we're only in year two of what was a pretty massive rebuild under Shane Beamer. I think that the linebacking core is better than last year. I think that the defensive line should have higher expectations than what they performed to last year. Our cornerbacks are some of the best in the SEC, if not the best duo in the SEC. Safety has reason for optimism there's just a lot of things to like right now about this defense but I think that health is going to play a huge part in how well this defense statistically looks at the end of the year I'm bullish on the defense they had a lot of turnovers last year which led to a lot of opportunities for our offense to have some shorter yard situations to score and I think that this team can ultimately do that same thing again this coming season. Looking at next week, we're going to be covering some season predictions. We'll do a quick schedule breakdown that ultimately talks about game by game what I expect the Gamecocks to be able to do in each one, and then we'll also do a preview of Georgia State. It's going to be another big-time episode, and I hope you all are able to tune in and get the CB90 predictions for the 2022 season. As a reminder, if you're in town next Friday, make sure you come by Hall's Chop House right out there on the patio. We'll have it all blocked out with the Gamecock Bourbon Society giving away a ton of free stuff and then also have an opportunity to potentially win that Whitewell Weller bottle. That's a tongue twister right there. Also, if you're looking for a place to stay this fall, we've got the CB90 house. There's a couple of open dates left. If you type in www.airbnb.com slash H slash CB90 house, you'll be able to see the open dates, even if it isn't for football season. If you want to come in for an off weekend or during the holidays, make sure you look at an opportunity to come stay at the CB90 house, check out Marshawn Lloyd and all that it has to offer. I love being behind the mic. I love talking to you all. You all gave me so many positive comments after that last episode, and it was great to be back. And I'm even more so pumped every time I get behind here 
and I get to talk with you all about the Gamecocks, something that I love near and dear. So I hope you all have a great weekend, great day, great night, great afternoon, great morning. Whenever you're listening to this thing, have it be the best possible time and day ever. We are less than a week and one day away from reuniting with 80,000 of our closest cock fans, tailgating our little hearts out, being able to witness the new lights in Williams-Brice Stadium, the remixes to Sandstorm that it brings, the new ribbon boards, the new sound system. It is just great to be a Gamecock. Thank you all for tuning in. And let's shake this place! Stripping